Hello and welcome to Media MD, the podcast where each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. Yeah, take it away, Elliot. It's yeah. your turn this fortnight. That's right. Uh, and so I'm I'm bringing something uh, a little bit different. Um, so I guess we haven't really talked about this before, but one of the things we mentioned when we were starting the podcast was we were going to do no video games. Mm. Um, I think we had a couple of reasons for that. Um, so I, I thought some of them were obviously video games are sort of less accepted, um, generally in mainstream, which was part of it. Uh, they're also less, less accessible. accessible. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not everyone always has the stuff to run them. Um, and also I think, you know, knowing the two of us, I think if we, if we were allowing video games, this is just going to turn into the Nintendo game of the week podcast. um which actually sound write that down but um maybe yeah (laughs) we're starting that podcast (laughs) stay tuned everyone (laughs) um anyway but yeah uh so anyway i'm sort of going against that a little bit uh i'm bringing telltales the walking dead which is technically a video game but i'm gonna go into why i think that's not (laughs) a very good not a very good description of it and why i think it's okay so uh, i'll first off address for, for people who aren't into video games, this is very much, uh, I would describe this more as interactive television. Uh, and in terms of accessibility, um, these Telltale games, including the Walking Dead one, they're available for PC, Mac, uh, iPhone, like iOS, Android. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you have the capacity to listen to a podcast, I'm assuming that you have a device that can run one of these games. <laughs> basically uh, yeah so that's so i don't think accessibility is an issue so um I'll, I'll introduce the concept so telltale makes these um these games that are um more like tv and and a big part of that is they actually come out in episodes so for example um this walking dead game that i bring you is actually now known as the walking dead season one and uh season three is out now um yeah so are you just recommending me season one uh yeah i'm only bringing you season one but if you get to season two then great um okay fair enough yeah so so you take on the role of this guy called lee who who was um on his way to prison um when the zombie apocalypse sort of went down uh and very early on in the first episode you meet this young girl whose parents have been sort of killed and sort of adopts her in the sense that he's just protecting her while all of this is going down uh, and then it's that classic sort of zombie survival story. You meet up with other people, form a group, you fight zombies, you fight other groups. Um, yep. And so how, how this is different to, say, just watching the TV show is you get to decide from a couple of options what you say in a conversation. Um, mm. So other, say, two other NPCs or two other characters will be having a, an argument and then you sort of are presented with a couple of options as to what you can say as a part of the argument. And then what mm. happens is based on what you say, it affects how both of those other characters view your character and how they will act later on in the story. And so these sorts of decisions mm. can lead to other characters being killed or not being killed or who stays with the group. And so it allows you to sort of shape the story in your own way. A common criticism of games that offer that as like a feature is that it doesn't impact things very often. Would yeah. you say that's true for this or...? Um, I, I think like, yes, sort of in the, in the sense that, yeah, you still sort of end up in the same finishing line. Um, but Mm. you will get there with completely different characters who think different things of you and you will have gotten there through a different experience. So I'd say the sorts of decisions they're presenting you with 
do feel like they matter because they sort of they shape your journey not the destination if that makes sense mm. yeah um, fair enough is that would you say that's the strength of this as media is that you get to choose the journey yeah it it, it comes across as a lot more interactive I, so like i said i sort of describe it as, as tv plus because it's it's just as it's the same sort of thing as a tv show where you're following these characters throughout multiple episodes of a story um but you, mm. having the ability to sort of shape it yourself and you know get rid of characters you don't like by um, manipulating them into killing themselves and stuff <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the way you play this game, Elliot? Is by manipulating <laughs> characters you don't like into suicide? Um, I mean, just sometimes as, as things are going on, you can sort of realize where it's heading, and, and if it's someone you don't mm. like, you can sort of push them in the direction Nudge that's going to cause them to leave. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, um, but and so, what particularly uh, the reason I sort of chose this Walking Dead game is is the unique thing about it compared to a lot of the others is this this girl Clementine that you sort of take on a father figure role for, because a part of that is you're responsible for shaping her as well. Mm. Um, in the sense that, uh, for instance, she's often looking to you for guidance on whether it's okay to kill zombies or whether it's okay to kill other people for food um, mm. and stuff like that. And, and you sort of get to shape the character that she ends up being. And this all comes to a climax in the finale. Um, which I won't sort of go into the details of, but I, I thought that was that was my favourite part, was sort of going through all of this and shaping Clementine, um, you know, into a character uh, based on your decisions and what you say to her. Okay, so kind of distilling this down into the main reasons you decided this was good enough to break our no video games rule hmm. is, one, the... You, you do have agency over the choice, making uh, over the game, kind of making it into this, um, well, you know, an interactive story, right? Yeah. And two is you feel like the, the characterization and the relationship with Clem is is kind of a driving strength behind it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, what really what really makes the Telltale games great are the stories and the characters. And, and that's why I think it's, mm. it's almost, like, it's closer to a TV show or a movie than, say, like a, a Pokemon game or a Mario game. Like, it's... And in fact, so there are some elements of gameplay, which I'll, I'll go into as more of a warning, because I actually don't enjoy the gameplay in these games. I wish they would stop trying to make them games and just leave them as interactive movies. Um, right. So to sort of go into that a bit there, so there's, there's sort of three elements of gameplay um, to, the, to the Telltale stuff. So there's obviously the one I've talked about already, which is uh, getting to choose what you say in conversations. Um and then the other one is um, something that game people will be familiar with is quick time events. So this is basically where... Uh, good old QTEs. Yeah, there's an action scene and, you know, so say a zombie will charge your character and you have like a second to press the X button. Um, otherwise, you know, your character sort of gets bitten and then it restarts back at the beginning of the quick time event. And they're just super annoying mm. and repetitive. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh so, I mean, I guess you just got to sort of do those and get through them as quick as you can. Just um, got to kind of bear, bear it, you know? Yeah. And so then the other part of gameplay, which is possibly even more annoying, is the point and click part. So that's basically where they drop you in a room. Um, like, so the, the movie part will end and it'll just sort of be your character who you can move around the room. And they're like, oh, we need to find a wrench to get out of here. And so you got to go and like click on all the drawers in the room. To, and be like, nope, this one doesn't have a wrench. Nope, this one doesn't have a Sounds so frustrating. Um, so, I mean, those parts are meant to sort of... The, the exploration can be cool in a sense that there'll be 
nice little Easter eggs or like, so for instance, you'll break into a house that people are no longer living in and you need to find a wrench or something. Mm. And as you sort of, is it always a wrench? No, just (laughs) Just carry a wrench with you, Lee. Come on. (laughs) Um, but as you sort of walk around the house, you'll find the story of these people. And like, so, you know, as you're going through their drawers, you'll find little diary entries and stuff. And so I think that's sort Mm. of what they're going for is they're creating more scenes that you explore yourself. Opportunities Um, to kind of find these backstories. Yeah. And I mean, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they would stick to just, uh, cause what's really interesting, just the dialogue trees. Yeah. The main stories with the dialogue trees. And I, I personally believe their games would be better if they just stopped trying to be games and just became well movies so with character trees this was one of their first this was their first breakout hit i know they did yeah. one called the wolf among us which is based on a comic book i think yes but um yeah it is this is their big this was their big breakout right pretty much yeah so have they have they adjusted the formula to kind of reflect the criticism or kind of move further down that path or, or what are they what are they doing now See, I, I don't think that these criticisms I'm I'm leveling are necessarily mainstream. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of uh, like it how it is. So they have they have sort of changed it. Um, so I've played a few of their recent ones, like the the Batman one and the Game of Thrones one, mm. uh, which I guess really isn't that recent, but relative to The Walking Dead, it is. Uh, and they've they've changed it a bit. Um, so the quick time events are a bit more interesting than they were back in The Walking Dead because they've just sort of evolved. Mm. Um, but more or less, it's it's essentially the same formula. Um, for all of the newer games yeah um they've sort of found their their shtick and you know they're they're still doing it uh and yeah, i think fair they're, enough. they're making a lot of money uh so i don't think they'll, yeah. be, I don't think they'll be stopping fair enough all right well yeah i guess i'll check it out um yeah all right yeah i, I i'm apprehensive about this one because i i don't know how gamey the the critiques you've raised about how gamey it is are kind of I feel like it's gonna put me off it a bit, but hopefully yeah. the story will be strong enough to pull through. And I guess well, we'll report back in two weeks and find out. Yeah, so I mean that's what I I'd like you to go almost go into it not thinking of it as a video game. I think that will help. And if you just move through the video gamey parts and treat it like a cool interactive T V show, I think that'll be better because I think that's the strength. But we'll see. Okay. Well yeah. We'll we'll find out, I guess. I'll pass us off to our future versions of Elliot and Ruben right now. Thanks past me. Uh, yeah, so it's me, future Ruben here, to tell you that uh, this next half of Media MD will contain spoilers for Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1. So if you want to go into it unspoiled, you should pause your podcasting device now. And now that you're back, let's continue with the show. And we're back. Welcome back. Two weeks later, The Walking Dead. Let's talk about it. Uh, okay. Okay. So let's talk about, let's just for a change, because I know I got pretty negative on the whole zombies thing last episode. Let's talk about some positives from this one. Um, thinking positives. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, I think the, the kind of the thesis from your first from the first part of this episode was it's interactive TV, right? Yeah. And I feel like that was like the strengths of this were kind of what you would hope the strengths would be from that, which is good writing, good character moments. Um, there, re- there really is a lot of like good intricate character work between all the different cast of like survivors that you meet in this game. 
I'm realizing, should we do a little plot summary? I'm going to do a little bit of a, a plot summary. Okay. So, starts out with Lee. He's on his way to prison, like you said. He gets hit by a whatever. His, his like, prison escort car gets, like, hit by... Or, or it hits a zombie and, like, goes off the, the highway into a ditch. Yeah. And so he kind of escapes, and the sheriff that is escorting him gets zombified, and he, like, shoots him and runs, 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 gets Clementine. What I was expecting going into it was that each episode would kind of progress a main story a lot, whereas what actually it was was each sto- each episode was kind of a different encounter that the group had. Um so the first episode is them all kind of meeting. The second episode, they, they find this farm, which they want to make a trade deal with. But then it turns out they're all cannibals. Um, the third episode, I, I can't remember each of the episodes. One of them, they find a train and they go to the city. Actually, yeah. that's the third episode. Then the fourth episode, they're in Savannah and they kind of like have this interaction with this group of cancer patients who, who have like hidden from this big compound that's pretty evil. And then the fifth episode, uh, Clementine has gotten kidnapped and you're trying to like Tra- track down her kidnapper and rescue her right yeah that's kind of the plot summary that the plot is quite clearly defined and i know i brought up the criticism about your choices not having a lot of impact and i think that's probably accurate but um like you said in the first part it's more about shaping the kind of journey than the actual destination of the story yeah i found i found it didn't bug me in in this game because it it was sort of it does sort of affect who you're on that journey with and that and that mm. seems to matter a lot more whereas in other games where that has been a complaint um it's because people uh, it's different plots where sort of how it ends up is more important to the plot yeah i agree with you i, I saw that complaint a lot i was looking up like reviews and stuff for this game from when it came out and i did see that complaint quite a bit but i agree that it didn't really bug me because it was kind of the cool thing about this kind of interactive story model is that it really lets you drill into, oh, I'm interested in this relationship with Lee and like some girl or this other guy in the group or whatever. And it really lets you drill into that and kind of explore it and progress it if you want to, because it is interactive and you can choose to say, oh, now I'm going to go and talk to this guy. Or I'm not going to talk to this guy because I don't really care about that relationship. And I feel like rather than shaping the destination, you you kind of get to drill down into these kind of well-written character interactions which which kind of is its main strength i would say yeah so i want to talk a bit about you outlined the three different types of gameplay in the Mm. game right there's the the dialogue trees which is kind of the the main part um yeah i would say and then there's the i want to talk about the like point and click parts because you said that you hated them and I agree. I think they were easily the worst part of the game. <laughs> they do this weird thing where they like drop you. They'll like play out the scene with the dialogue trees, and then they'll drop you in and make you do an arbitrary action. And we were kind of joking in the first part about finding a wrench, but that's kind of what it's like. It's yeah. very weird. It's like, oh, you've just found out that Clementine has gotten kidnapped, and so you're like in this kind of bunker, um, and you have to find a way to escape. And all you do is you go to. There are like four different drawers and you have to find the right drawer that has a thing in it. And then you put that thing next to an elevator and that's it. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's literally one step and it's just like, why, what is the point of this? Or there's an even worse one. There's one where, um, there's one where you are, you're like crawling through an air vent and it like, you're playing out this dialogue tree and then you're like, oh, let's go through this air vent. And then you just have to take control of the character and hold the W button to walk forward through the <laughs> air vent. And then when you get to the end, it ends. And, like, I kind of get the point of it is, like, it's trying to be more immersive and it's trying to make you feel like you are really playing as Lee. 
And I did feel like that, um, maybe because of these kind of pointless <laughs> point and click sections, but I don't know, it, it felt very arbitrary kind of when they would do it and when they wouldn't and like is this one really worth it i don't know yeah um when we were talking about it i expected to hate the quick time events but i actually kind of liked them quite a lot just because they were often put in with these like like adrenaline pumping moments where you had to like fight off a zombie or like hold a door closed or or whatever um and i actually found myself enjoying them a lot more than i thought i would which was weird yeah i um i i know i personally really hated them in the first walking dead and i think part of that was uh i played it on the playstation vita and there was a known mm. bug where the quick time events wouldn't load properly so you always died the first time because it oh, wouldn't like it, it wouldn't let you press the first button so well you sort, of, you sort of inevitably just had to sit there and wait to die when one started and then you actually got to have a go <laughs> All right, well, that does sound like it would make it pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Like, it's weird. I, I don't want to touch on, like, game stuff because this isn't a games podcast, right? But there yeah. was a lot of, like, there was a lot of, like, game problems. Like, sometimes it would be buggy or you would, like... My game got frozen at one point and I just couldn't do anything. I had to, um, yeah. like, kill it and start it again. Or the animations in this game are pretty janky, but I, I don't want to really talk about that because it's not really about yeah. that. It's and about, those... like... The writing. Of, yeah, I mean, those sorts of problems, because, I mean, they do sort of impact your ability to enjoy it, so I don't think they're that game-related. It's just a problem well, that's unique yeah. to games. But, uh, I mean, I, in my experience, that has improved. And I think part of the problem is they try to make their games work on just about everything, like we've talked about. And so I think what that leads to is issues on everything. Um yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, but i think yeah. i think it's gotten better because they basically just use the same like sort of the same code like, engine, on the back the same end code yeah yeah to um to do every game so it is just sort of constantly improving yeah well speaking of whether it's gotten better um i played i i bought and played the first episode from telltale's marvel's guardians of the galaxy which is their newest one um, okay yeah and it's it it is i mean it's it's the same stuff but it's kind of funny as opposed to Walking Dead's very somber and serious. I, I, I quite enjoyed it, but the problems with like animations and stuff are still there. Um, okay. In fact, I was I was reading an article that basically said like Telltale needs to update their shit because, <laughs> and and it had all these gifs of like there would be scenes where one char- two characters are talking, another character would just suddenly load in the background, and so suddenly there's just a guy standing there, and it's like <laughs> okay, this does kind of take you out of it a bit. Um, I want to get back to some of the actual points from from the walking dead um yeah this one's this one's not really a, a positive or a negative but i feel like it could have been really cool so there's a couple of times where like um well so there's times when you have to fight zombies and you have a gun and you literally just like click on the zombies to shoot them in the head right yeah and then there's these other times where one of your group has gotten bitten or infected and you have to like mercy kill them essentially yeah and I thought it would have been so cool if they had actually made you physically point and click on the <laughs> character's head just to, like, reaffirm that you were making this decision. But they never did it. It was so disappointing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was, like, a, a ratings issue because like, I'm sure the the ESRB or, or whatever the ratings board is probably mm. uh, feels there's a difference between shooting a zombie in the head and shooting a, a sick person. 
but uh, no, well, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, and and there is one there is one part where it's a child who has been bitten and has turned into a zombie, and you have to shoot like mercy kill this child that you've been traveling with since the yeah. start. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, maybe that's a a fair criticism. Uh, maybe that's a fair point that it, that it's a ratings thing, but still, I felt like it would have been really cool. Um, yeah, I agree. What I wasn't expecting to like about this was the was cinematography, and it feels weird to talk about cinematography for a game because it's not something that you usually hear. But they, mm. I think, they really put a lot of effort into making this game feel like or well, a TV show or a movie. Yeah. They had a lot of these really cool shots. Like there's this shot where you're climbing up an elevator shaft and you're kind of like following Lee as he's climbing up and he climbed past like open elevator doors with just tons of zombies inside. You get these like tall shots from above when you're climbing over buildings and it gives you this kind of vertigo with these small zombies below. There was a lot of really cool shots, which I didn't expect to have as a, as a, uh, as a compliment for the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That was something that sort of stood out to me when I started playing their games is they do, yeah, they do treat it as if it's a, a movie or a video yeah. game in that in that sort of area. I want to go to my main, I think my main problem with this game, and it's kind of looping back to this, like, choices don't impact anything decision. Yeah. Um, it was like, so the plan, when you meet, the main guy that you travel with this whole time is a guy with his family, whose name is Kenny. He's like a a redneck kind of character. Um, And his plan the entire way through is, let's get to the coast and let's get a boat, right? That's his plan. And it's a very shallow plan. He doesn't ever say what's going to happen after you get on the boat. Presumably you have food with you, and so you just live on a boat for a while. But when, when we were getting closer and closer to realizing this plan, it was always like, what do you think? Should we get on the boat or not get on the boat? And they would ask these kind of like decisions. Um, And this was one example of a point where I couldn't just say like, these two choices are not either of them (laughs) the right choice. There is a clear other choice that I want to try and do here. Or there's another one where you have, you find this station wagon full of food and supplies and your choices are take the food or leave the food. Right. Mm. And what I would have done in that situation is either maybe take half the food or, take the food but leave a note if you're accidentally robbing someone or something like that. And that that one, I understand why they didn't do it because it does play into the story very directly. But it's like sometimes there are two choices and neither of them is the obvious choice yeah. that I would want to make well, as I a mean, character, which was kind of frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there's always going to be sort of limits to what they can offer you. And yeah, so yeah. I guess sometimes it can it can feel a bit not immersive because there's there's only so many things you can do yeah and like i get the motivation behind that decision because it turns out in the end that the guy who's kind of been stalking you is the guy whose food you stole from this uh station wagon and um his family kind of starved to death and, and whatever and so that's his motivation and so obviously they couldn't have done that and let the story like progress in the way they wanted it to but when the point of the game is to be kind of immersed in this story, which it like that's the whole driving force behind making this a game and not a TV show, right? Is to try and yeah. immerse you in Lee's story. And the answer that you want to do, the thing you want to do is so obvious and so not an option. It's just like, <laughs> it just completely divorced me from feeling like I was playing as Lee because I sure. couldn't just say, this is an obvious thing to do. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
I guess well, we've been going for a while. I, I just want to give a, a kind of final wrap up. Oh, I just sent you an image, by the way, which is like a total breakdown of all the decisions you can make and like where they go. And if yeah. you take a look at it, you can see kind of the criticism that it's very, your decisions don't actually matter. Like sometimes you pick one person to die over another and then it branches off for a bit and then it comes back. There's this character who you meet. Um, I've forgotten her name. God damn it. It's like, cl- no, I don't know. This this girl and she kind of has this weird you kind of have this weird will they won't they with Lee and her. Um, mm. And so you choose at one point to save either her or another character. And because I wanted to see if, whether their relationship progressed, I chose her, obviously. Um, and so then she stays with your party for a while. And then after a little while, she dies and your mm. party kind of keeps going. And it's yeah. this very clear point where it's like, here you get to choose and you branch off through an episode or two and then you come back and then <laughs> whoever you chose dies anyway. Um, and it was like... Okay, that's a bit frustrating. <laughs> like, yeah. you clearly I mean, have a set number of characters yeah. to end up with, and it's clearly it's clearly a pre-written story. Like that's where that's where it's sort of showing you the limits of how much you get to interact or yeah. shape the story yeah. for sure. Well, I just wanted to talk about one thing quickly um, that I forgot to bring mm. up last time. One of the cool things it does at the end of each episode um, is sort of shows you in the big decisions you made how many other people. Yeah, or, how many or, people aligned with your decision? Yeah, um, and so I guess like I, I'm just sort of curious. Did you find that you're often aligning with the? I was a hundred percent of the time in the majority. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I don't think there's a single time where I picked a decision that wasn't in the majority. I found uh, I'd have to go through and dig it up, but I found the majority of the time I was actually not with the majority. Yeah, because um, you're so you play this game like you're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously you're not in the majority. You always like kill people and stuff. I I'm trying to remember because there's the final the final moment where where you sort of have Clementine go through with it. I think I just had her mm. shoot me as quickly as she could because I was trying mm. to I was trying to form her into someone who was who was quite independent, independent. and strong. Yeah, and yeah, I um, that. I think I was in like like the the ten percent of of people. It was something like ninety to ten percent of Jeez. people. Um, had had sort of done that decision, and yeah, so I, that's interesting that you were always in the majority because I found that I wasn't. Um, shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, <laughs> so they there's they do bring these in. I think the first time they show them is at the end of episode three, I think, with the decision points. Um, yep. or maybe episode four, but I would have been really interested to see if those show up in episodes one, two, and three, like if they have the data or anything like that, like what people were choosing, because I feel like those were the points where there were decisions that I was a lot less sure about. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I thought, I thought they did come in that early. Maybe I'm, maybe it's just because it's been a while, but like definitely because in season two, it's from the start. So yeah. And I played the first episode of guardians and it was from the start there. Maybe they just didn't like implement it until episode four or whatever. Yeah, um, maybe that's. Okay, uh, I didn't remember that. We got, that game, yeah, <laughs> anyway. yeah, de- uh, definitely. <laughs> anyway, so wrapping up, I I think I want to say that if you enjoy the Walking Dead TV show, you will probably enjoy this a lot, and not because they overlap or anything, but just because the kind of style of the story is very similar. I think it's, there's it's this thematic overlap. Well, yeah, there is. I mean, it's the same <laughs> world yeah. essentially, but. It's it's very much this story about a group of survivors who are trying to make it work and kind of the interplay of the politics and then the zombies as a kind of background threat, very much like the show. Yeah. Um, 
and if you enjoy that or if you enjoy this kind of character driven drama in this setting i think you'll probably enjoy it um i'd probably give it like an eight and a half out of ten i feel like it's it's very obvious to see why this spawned this basically spawned an entire game development company and formula of doing this exact thing with other products well i guess that's that's probably well written and Oh, that, that's probably why the advice I'd give is maybe you're not a fan of The Walking Dead, but like, mm. you know, you're a fan of Batman or Game of Thrones or something. So, you know, don't mm. go play The Walking Dead, go and play the Telltale Game of Thrones because the, the different series that they do, do reflect whatever they're basing it on. So it's, it's yeah. basically their formula and their writers change the shape of the story to resemble whatever series they're basing it on. And I think they do different writers for the different series as well. They to do. Kind of match yeah. up. Well, the creators usually involved. So, like, George R. R. Martin, I think, helped with the Game of Thrones one. Mm. Whoever writes The Walking Dead, whose name I've forgotten. Um, he Robert Kirkman. That's it. Um, he helped with this one. So they do they do get the original creators. I'm pretty sure, like, Marvel would have helped with the Guardians one, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably, like, it's a good way to experience a different story set in this universe although i played the guardians one this is just a little side note i played the guardians one and it kind of had a lot of things inspired by the comics right yeah which i didn't know beforehand and so i was kind of learning about these characters and then i went and saw guardians 2 the movie like last night and there were a lot of like similar story beats really weirdly (laughs) so i kind of felt like i had already seen a lot of the stuff in guardians 2 just because i had played the first episode of this game which is very strange yeah um Anyway, yeah, and I have this kind of weird line of like, I can't remember if this was in the first Guardians movie, this thing I'm remembering, or whether it was in, in the game, and now I can't like <laughs> separate the, the different entities. Um, yeah, I, I'd give it an 8 out of, half out of 10. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was, it was well written, it was an enjoyable experience, and if you like kind of any of the IPs that are represented, I would definitely say, you know, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, you can do a thing, actually, if you're not, like, a gaming person, I think they sell it as, you can either buy the entire season of whatever, or you can buy the first episode and then, like, upgrade to the season. Yeah, they definitely do that on, like, Android and and iOS. I think you sort of download it as the first one, and then you do, like, an in-app purchase to get the rest of the season. Yeah, I would definitely recommend doing that if you're not, like, a big game person, just so you can see, like, is this something that I actually want to get into? Yeah, alright, cool. And that wraps up another episode of Media MD. Okay, so um, in two weeks we'll be having another one of our specialist episodes where we bring on a special guest. Elliot, do you want to tell us who that is? Yes, we're going to be meeting up with Victor Rubio to discuss uh, Six Feet Under, the HBO TV show. Yes, um, so tune in in two weeks to check that out, or if you want to be reminded, you can go and follow our Twitter at, at MediaMDPodcast, or go to our website, which is MediaMDPodcast.com. Um, yeah, so we'll see you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.